Hey there everyone, welcome aboard to the One Touch Talks. This is your host Mayuresh Matkar. So this weekend had the ultimate season finale as the champions were to be crowned in the Premier League and in the Serie A. We'll talk about Milan's impressive victory away at Sassuolo which clinched them the Scudetto this year. We will talk about the Kylian Mbappe soap opera as he has made a decision on his future. We'll also talk about my team of the season but we'll start in the Premier League with Manchester City's impressive comeback victory against Aston Villa which won them the Premier League title yet again. So it was a very bizarre narrative held up by the English media and also by me on my Twitter account because I thought that Steven Gerrard might finally win the title for Liverpool Football Club and he was very close but inevitably he let it slip and yeah, it it didn't play well according to what he planned apart but 75 minutes, it was very, very good. If you look at Manchester City, they they didn't look up to the up to the task they were actually being nullified in every single attack. I don't think Bernardo Silva had a very good game because, you know, he, he was fairly down to what he sets himself, to the standards what he sets himself to. I thought he had a very lethargic game by his standards. I thought Rodri was incredible again. I think Aston Villa and particularly Steven Gerrard made a very, very good decision of starting Emi Bundia and Philippe Coutinho in that game behind Oli Watkins, who was... Giving a, giving a bit of scare to Pep Guardiola and even to Fernandinho, he had very good chances in the first half. One big chance that I think he should have buried in, uh, where the ball stumbled down just wide of the post. And in, in the first half as well, you know, when he had that chance where Stones makes that brilliant challenge and gets the ball away from him, I thought that he could have done better, but he didn't. Uh, I, I, I believe, you know, Ollie Watkins, uh, he, he took a bit of... He, he took... A, one, it was one touch too many there, you know. I believe so. It was a clear chance. He should have buried it past Edison. At least allowed him to make a save. It didn't happen. Stones made a very good challenge. Again, I think Pep Guardiola kind of just threw it away by starting Fernandinho because I don't think Carl Walker was fit. He was just on the bench. If something very chaotic would have happened, he would have actually added Carl Walker to that game. Um, uh, but John Stones played as right back. I don't think that's a very good, very good decision. I think Fernandinho. Yeah, I mean it's it's last game at the Etihad. It's his last game with Manchester City. I understand that, but you don't need to start him as a centre back. You can either start him as your defensive midfielder instead of Rodri, who's had a very long season. But he didn't start him instead of Rodri. He started him instead of John Stones, and John Stones played as a right back, Cancelo as a left back, which I can understand. But when you have Zinchenko, you can play Zinchenko as your left back and then you can play Cancelo as your right back, play Stones and Laporte as just your centre backs when you're set for the game. I thought that would have been the that 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 would have been the proper decision to be made. I don't think that they made the right call. And in the end they paid the price. I think the first goal just in just just the epitome of what I said, you know, the attack goes on from the left-hand side with Luca Dean uh, bombing on the left flank and Matty Cash, you know, with very good header, by the way, by the Polish international, uh, getting Aston Villa in a 1-0 lead before the break. Uh, and then again, Philippe Coutinho's second goal. And I think, again, Liverpool missed a trick here. I don't think Konate should be starting in the Champions League final. He's made too many errors this season. He's looked very solid, by the way, but he... I don't think he gets into Liverpool's best eleven yet. I think it's Van Dijk and Matip as your two centre-backs. Um, he can only play centre-back. That's that's the only position that he can play. So I don't think he does start ahead of all, both these two players. Yeah, I mean, Jurgen Klopp has chosen him as his, 
as his centre-back for the Champions League games more often than not. But I don't think he should be starting. I think the position goes to Joel Matip in the Champions League final in Paris. So I don't, I don't believe he should be starting in that game. Uh, by the way, you know, if you look at the uh, the, the error from Ibrahim Konate, he lets it bounce. It was very awkward for him, and it gives a free run then to Raúl Jiménez, who sets in Pedro Neto for that first goal. I believe it was Raul Jimenez in the back of my mind. Uh, but again, I think Liverpool should have uh, at least been in a 2-1 lead when Manchester City were 2-0 down. I think it would have really caused a bit of a stir. The five minutes, yeah, it's five minutes where you know that Liverpool aren't really being the champions. They weren't champions at any stage of those 90 minutes which were played at the Etihad and Anfield. So that's something that I that, that really bugged me. If you asked for me, in my opinion, with as a fan, as a football fan, who would have I liked to see as champions? I think Liverpool because uh, it would have been very historic. It would have been one one of a, a season which they've played every single game from now until the end of the season. They they had to play every single game. Sixty two games is not is is not a piece of cake. It's 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 not a joke. You know you don't play sixty two games if you're not good enough. You don't get the league after you've notched in ninety two points. I mean. 92 points in any other league would have clinched them the title, even the Bundesliga, the Liga, Serie A, La Liga, I don't care. It would have clinched them any, any title instead, of, apart from the Premier League. And I, I, I felt sorry for them there. Uh, but, you know, they should have been in, in, in the lead. And if you look at the game, I thought Wolves had the better chances before Liverpool scored the second goal. I think Liverpool were pushing, but, you know, in, in all honesty, their players looked knackered. I thought Jordan Henderson is given a lot this season. Yeah, he's not the most brilliant players on the ball, but he gives you a lot in terms of the industry, um, and that's and that's something that has made his career so good. I thought, you know, Thiago Alcantara, you know, losing him is going to be a big blow in the Champions League final. I don't think he's going to be fit enough. He's probably not going to play in the starting eleven, nor is he going to be on the bench. I think if the penalties come along. You might just think about getting him in the in, in in the team. I don't think apart from it, it's he he's going to be of any use in the Champions League final with that injury. He's lost Thiago, I think so. So um, uh, if if you look at the game, uh, I thought James Milner played particularly well. I think he's one of the fresher guys. He's not played those amount of games. He's thirty six years of age, obviously, but he's got the know how. He's got the experience of playing in Champions League games, big games, around eight hundred games in his career. That's ridiculous. Uh, I think Fabinho will come back. I think he's the guy who they've been waiting. To, he, they've been resting for the Champions League final, and that's that's a pretty good thing. Um, I think uh, you have to say, you know, Firmino would be very important for them if the game goes on deep because he's someone who can just drag in defenders towards himself with the trickery, with the amount of expertise that he has on the ball. You know, he's one of the best players on the ball as a forward. I, I really think so. And he's got good eye for a pass. He's got good technique, good vision, uh, good gravitas in, in a sense that I would say, you know, he's, he's such a good player like that. But if you look at it, you know, Liverpool should have been two, at least 2-1 ahead, you know, in terms of where they had to be. If it was 2-1 ahead, the Etihad would have been tense. You're losing the title to Liverpool after being so good this entire season. Not that Liverpool have been bad, but you, you've, be, you've, been, you've been good as well. You've been equally good. So, yeah, I mean, I, I believe that would have been the narrative there. But then Gundogan comes in and scores those goals. I mean, I, I don't think if he had a full squad, he would have chosen Gundogan to come in. He already used one substitution for Alexander Zinchenko. He used the second one for 
Gundogan and then for Sterling. I think all those three had a big impact in the game. You Zinchenko, know, obviously, with that Rodri goal, where he cuts in inside the box and sets one up for Rodri. I think that would have been avoided because it was so close to the leg of, uh, was it Callum Chambers? Had a fantastic game, by the way. Callum Chambers, I couldn't recognise him. You know, he was so, so good in that game. Made some really good blocks. Uh, Taron Mings as well was playing really well. Was playing out of his skin for some time. Um, I thought, you know, Philippe Coutinho had a very, very good game as well. He was clogging up that midfield. You know, Amy Biondia had a very good game. He just completely nullified Joao Cancelo in that first half. Uh, I thought John McGinn and even Douglas, Douglas Luiz was also very, very good. And 75 minutes, I think it was a very good team effort from Aston Villa. You, you can't say that, you know, to come at the Etihad Stadium and be 2-0 up in 75 minutes, it takes a lot out of you. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Aston Villa were very, very good. Uh, yeah, but Liverpool, you have to say, Liverpool, uh, they, they kick themselves, they should be kicking themselves. Even, I think if Konata does not make that error, Liverpool score eventually in the first half. And not, it was another cop end, but they could have scored there. It would have been 1 0 at half time, and there you have Manchester City chasing up shadows after it. And it, to be honest, you know, after 2 0 down, after 2 0 down, it didn't look like scoring. I think it was a very lucky goal. It came uh, not against run of play because City were attacking, but. You never thought that City would score. They were not creating more chances. Every chance they were creating, they were just kicked out of the box by Aston Villa players. So I think, you know, they were lucky enough to get that goal with Gundogan putting the header in and the uh, second goal with Rodri. I think that would have been avoided. That could have, should have been avoided. And even the third goal where, where he just sprints across the pitch and the ball has been swung in with so much... Uh, congestion in the box it's still being played into the far post by Kevin De Bruyne and it's along the ground it's not also across it's just a ball whipped out from wide of the 18 yard box so I think you know it's it, 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 it was a bit sickening for me to say I, I, I'm, again I'm not someone who does hate teams like Man City and PSG but for some of the odd reason I feel very very happy when they lose when, when they lose games and that that, that that, that's that's who I am. I, I don't know why, but I do like when they lose games. It's just me, you know. It's just my personal opinion. But yeah, you know, I think Manchester City. Um, in the end, do I think Manchester City deserve to win the league? Yeah, maybe yes, because I I, I think you know in in terms of Liverpool, I think they the big game was against Spurs at Anfield, which I thought they would have won. You know, it wasn't a question for me. You know, but Antonio Conte and Spurs did really well to win that game. Um, I believe uh, the big the the goal from Son really killed it, and then the deflected goal from Luis Diaz and everything. But I, th- I think you know you have to give it to uh, to to Man City this time around. Liverpool all, on, only lost two games. One was at the London Stadium against West Ham, and the other one was at King Power against Le- Leicester City. Uh, well, Leicester City haven't been very good either. You know they've not been good as they were the last previous two seasons. So you know. Yeah, you know, it's one of those games where, yeah, obviously I have to say uh, uh, Liverpool were pretty, pretty good as well. You know, but Liverpool, on the other hand, didn't actually win against uh, the top four teams. You know, they did beat Arsenal. Yeah, they beat Arsenal home and away. Didn't beat Spurs. They didn't beat Chelsea. They didn't beat Man City. Yeah, they beat Man City in the. Uh, FA Cup semi-final in the at, at, at Wembley at a neutral venue, but they didn't beat them at Anfield. They didn't beat them at at uh, at 
The Etihad, they didn't beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, where they should have won the game. They 2-0 up before half-time, just been uh, walloped by a freak goal by Mateo Kovacic and then the second goal from Christian Pulisic. But uh, they didn't win against Spurs as well. One mistake by Alisson in that game. Some crazy errors. If you look at Man City, I think uh, they were a tad lucky, in my opinion. If you look at the game against... Uh, uh, Everton, where it should have been a clear penalty on Rodri, you know, um, but yeah, you have to score a penalty as well. But it was a clear penalty on that occasion, and uh, the PGMOL, which is a referees' union, they they uh, said that they were sorry about it and all those crazy stuff. I mean, I, I don't care, you know. You've, uh, as as Frank Lampard said, you know. When you are in a when one team is in a relegation battle and the other team is in uh, in a in a, in a title race, you need to make better decisions than that, and they fail to make it. And I, I believe you know you have to uh, really say that they they, they they were very very lucky. If you look at the game uh, against Wolves as well, it was played on 11th of December 2021. This season, Manchester City were at home against Wolves, and they won uh, courtesy of a penalty from Raheem Sterling. Well, that was not a penalty. It was Joao Moutinho who, um, with the ball, had struck the, uh, the the portion below the armpit of Joao Moutinho, and they gave that a penalty. I mean, that was just ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, you know, you have to say that uh, in the end they had got two decisions. I mean, if if you look at it, there were ten men Wolves in that game, and they got that cl- cruel decision. I I do think that Wolves played really well in that game as well uh, with Everton as well. So yeah. Obviously, you have to say two decisions. You drop four points and it makes a lot of difference. Obviously, you have to say that Man City are a better footballing side. Liverpool play a lot of risky football. They give the ball away a lot, but they score a lot of goals as well. They're good good individual players, but they play as a team. They're not pretty on the eye. They play ridiculous football, Man City. You know, you cannot compare them with Liverpool. The playing style is just absolutely brilliant. But Liverpool have their own style. They press the ball a lot. They press them more than anyone uh, in the Premier League. They have got really good individuals. They've got good leaders. They've got a better culture than Man City, in my opinion. And that's the reason I like Liverpool. I, I want, would have wanted them to win the game. But in the end, Man City win it. Congratulations to Manchester City, your Premier League champions of 2020, 2020, 2021, 2022. Uh, for Liverpool, yeah, you know the, the the song goes on, the season goes on. They have got one game left, and that's in the Champions League final. So we'll see what happens there. They have made some signings, by the way, Liverpool. Uh, Fabio Carvalho has been brought up by Fulham. They have paid a fee. He was out of contract after the season. So he they have paid a fee, obviously, you know, with... Uh, the respect that they've shown to Fulham, and that's good, you know, like these sort of clubs. Um, they're also looking for some other players. Uh, they're looking at Aurelian Chouameni, who they're actually uh, fighting for with, uh, well, with, with the likes of Real Madrid, and even Paris Saint-Germain are interested in taking his signature from Monaco. So we'll have to see what happens there. Monaco, by the way, have qualified for the Champions League playoffs, so... Maybe if they get into the groups of the Champions League, maybe or not come. So we'll have to see what happens there. But until now, it's been a very, very good season from Liverpool and from Manchester City. And it's been a real joy to watch them both. 
So Milan have won the Scudetto after 11 years. What a title race it has been in Italy. It went right down to the final day of the season with their city rivals, Inter. And I have to give it to Inter as well. They played really, really well this season. They were incredibly good as well. They played some really good football. Uh, but Milan, you have to say that they were the better team in Italy. Yeah, they were help because they didn't have any European football as the Inter last season when they didn't have European football. So there's a kind of a pattern. I mean, if Juventus want to win Champions uh, want to win Serie A next season, they might just have to give up on European football altogether. Uh, but that's something being a pattern for Serie A. The, the teams winning Serie A last, uh, last two seasons. Uh, coincidentally, they have been two Milan clubs who have won this area. Uh, so it's good for Serie A. I, mean, I think uh, with Milan, they have been one of the bigger, powerful clubs in Europe's top flight. They have won multiple Champions League trophies, much more than the likes of big clubs like uh, PSG, like Bayern Munich, Barcelona. I'm going to put them in there as well. I mean, the only club which has won more Champions League trophies than AC Milan are Real Madrid in themselves. And I have to say, you know, it's 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 such a big thing now for European football that Milan are coming back into power. They've got some really good players, going to lose players as well. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, you have to say that uh, there's not much light on the future of Olivier Giroud as well. You see teams coming up for Rafael Leao. They're coming up for Kessier, who's going to play for Barcelona next season. Uh, Sandro Tonali has been one of the best players around in Italy in these past couple of months. You look at Ismail Benacer, you look at Radek Krunic, you've got some very good players around there. Antti Rebic is one of them who's not had a good season. He had a pretty good start of the season, he scored some goals, he scored at Anfield as well in the Champions League, uh, if I'm not wrong. Uh, you know, he, he, there are some players around there. I, I do not think that they have got uh, much resources to play with next season. They, probably going to sign Sven Botman from Lille. Uh, they have got a really good goalkeeper, one of the best goalkeepers in the world right now for me, you know, in the top five easily. Uh, and that is Mike Magnon. And my humble opinion, he should be starting ahead of uh, Hugo Lloris uh, for France in the World Cup. But, uh, yeah, you know, I have to say that Didier Deschamps can make some exceptions. Obviously, can make exceptions for his captain as well. So, we'll have to see what that thing's... Uh, for us, but uh, you have to say Milan, they're really, really good this season. Uh, Theo Hernandez has uh, signed a contract extension with uh, with the club. Uh, you hope to see him next uh, in, in in the coming seasons. He, he he kind of feels to me that he's become an Inter fan. You know, more than a player, he's become a fan. He's been a fan of the club, so that's something that you should be uh, really proud of. You know, he, he was. A, Player and Real Madrid, much of a squad player in the in the Champions League those uh, in in, the, in those years, but, but he's grown up to be a very good player now, and he and, and I think he it's best for him to stay in Milan. You don't want yourself to be under the pressure of some other clubs. You want to be in a place where you live, where, where people love you, and you love the people around you. You love the football. You don't have the pressure. Yeah, surely there is pressure, but you feel loved by the pressure that's been. Uh, shout it up to you. So that's, I think, more than uh, the case there for uh, the likes of uh, for Teo Hernandez. I think uh, one of the be big reasons, he's been one of the big reasons why uh, AC Milan have won the Serie A title this year, you know, obviously along with Manon. 
You look at the lengths of Olivier Giroud has been really, really good. You know, the French players have been really good for Serie A this season, uh, particularly for AC Milan. You know, Mike Benioff, Theo Hernandez, Olivier Giroud. Um, you know, good good thing for them. You know, Kessier, I think he's also from is also from France. Obviously, he plays for for a country from the African continent, but he probably stays in France. He's residential. He's a, it's a French residential, obviously. I think don't know much about it, but yeah, you know, it's it's good for French football. It's good for Serie A football, Italian football in general. I think they need to get back into power. I think uh, we don't like a European season with not many Italian clubs. I mean, last season as well, we didn't have any Italian clubs after the round of 16. Maybe we had, maybe we didn't. I think the four clubs which were in the Champions League last season were Atalanta, Juventus, uh, Milan, over Milan, Atalanta, Juventus, Inter, and the fourth one was... It was probably Milan. No, it, Milan didn't play in the Champions League the year before. I think it was Napoli, where we had Napoli getting knocked out by Barcelona. Was it? I, I, I don't really remember the dynamics of it. But yeah, it was something around those lines. Uh, uh, we had Lazio, by the way. Yeah, Lazio were in the Champions League last season. Lazio were beaten by Bayern in the round of 16. Uh, Juventus getting knocked out by Porto had Inter being knocked out in the group stage and you also had uh, the fifth club uh, Atalanta losing out to Real Madrid uh, this season as well you had AC Milan going out of the Champions League at the group stage not even qualifying for the Europa League Atalanta dropping down to the Europa League in the final of the season where they only had to avoid defeat uh, at the hands of Villarreal where they couldn't help themselves and that to Bergamo. so uh, that could have pinched them that could have really be hurtful now they have got no European football this season altogether props to Fiorentina you know that's something that I'm was I'm really looking forward to it Vlahovic would have been a very good addition to this squad in Europe next season but yeah he's playing for Juventus now uh, by the way uh, we're talking about them Villarreal also eliminated Juventus another Italian team uh, this season and Atalanta as a and well I talked about Atalanta Inter played really well against Liverpool but they but the uh, English side was just too strong for them. They all were eliminated in the Champions League round of 16. So that's been the season. And I have to say, you know, it, it doesn't look good. And not just this, and not just these two seasons. I mean, the season before, two seasons before as well. I mean, it's it's been it's been kind of a pattern. They haven't really gone far in the Champions League. You know, the farthest they've gone the, in any Italian clubs, it's been Juventus, which were knocked out by Ajax four years ago now. So it's... It's it's not good for Serie A. They need to get back into business. Milan need to make some signings. So need to, so Inter as well. You know, Inter been. A, we'll talk about Inter, but Milan have to make some signings. I think they need to replace Kessier very very soon. You know, Benacer and uh, yeah, I mean yeah, Benacer and uh, Tonali make up a very good midfield too. But you have to play in a lot of players around them as well. You know, Rabi Krunic is one who can really be of good use. He's a very useful player himself. Uh, they need to sign players. I do think they would need some players in the squad here and there. Uh, maybe a good centre back as well. I think uh, Simon Kier will play for AC Milan. He's, I mean, it's it's been really hard on him because obviously you know he's missed this uh, season due to an ACL injury. So I've got a lot of sympathy for him. He's a very good player. He's a good leader as well. We all know what he did in the Euros. You know, such a good player, not just for the Ericsson thing, but the entire season. He was so in the entire campaign. He was so very good. It will be very important for Denmark in their run to the 
in, in, in the World Cup. I don't think he'll play this international break. He's uh, made up a lot of beer, and he said that he will only cut, will only uh, put scissors, only put blades onto the onto the onto his facial hair when whenever he starts playing again. So uh, that's good commitment for him. I think it will be his last season next time around when he plays. That's a good contingent to have, actually, as a centre-back. You know, you've got Romagnoli, you can play some, some of the odd games. You can always have uh, Tomori and Kier. And the surprise inclusion, Pierre Kalulu, who's been really good this season. You know, he's been so very good, you know, signed from France. Uh, you know, brilliant, brilliant signing for him. Uh, I, I, I think... Yeah, but we also need to talk about Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who was... Uh, at Milan all those years ago when they last won the Scudetto and he's back again it's a circle of life he's won uh, loads of trophies he's won uh, all those uh, uh, cup competitions uh, the Europa League as well with uh, Manchester United he's a uh, he, he was a Liga champion with uh, Paris Saint-Germain so a lot of things have happened since he left AC Milan but it's been really good to see him back here in Milan all those years ago three years ago I think he made that return 2020 yeah two and a half years since he's made that return and it's been good it's been really good for him uh, he's been back from the MLS fresh as a daisy or should I say he's been injury prone yes but it's it's been good to see him back and he probably played his last season and in top flight I think it would have been good for him if he had. He would have been in the World Cup with Sweden. He's not pl m playing much, but he could have been that guy to take him to the World Cup as well. So uh, it's been a good ride to see uh, Zlatan as well. But we only also have to talk about Inter. I think they had a very good season as well. Inter, they played really well in the Coppa Italia. Uh, eventually they won it. Uh, it's a very, very good game in the end between them and Juventus, which went to extra time as well. Even Perisic masterclass, <laughs> what you should call it, or even you could say Matthijs Lick masterclass in the end. Uh, but it all came to an end this time around. They couldn't win the uh, Scudetto. And I, I should say, you know, props to uh, Simone Inzaghi. He's been really good. I, I, I was a big fan of his when he was playing, when he was managing Lazio. Then they were very close to give uh, Juventus a big run for their money in the uh, charge for the Scudetto when they overmanaged. Juventus were managed by the time there by Maurizio Sad, the second season of Cristiano Ronaldo in the in Serie A with Juventus. Uh, I've been a very good big fan of his, and he played really well this this season where he had very less resources. He took up this challenge to leave Lazio, who were in the Europa League, obviously, but he left Lazio to play to to manage Inter, which is a much bigger club in terms of uh, the history, in terms of the culture, in terms of the in in, in terms of the attention he was going to get, and he took that challenge, and he Inter had just lost two of the best players in Ashraf Hakimi and Romelu Lukaku from last season. They lost their uh, manager as well. He was considered the best manager around in Italy at that time. And they had Inzaghi. They signed some players. They signed Joaquin Correa from Lazio, who was another player who did blossom under the tutelage of Simone Inzaghi. They took him in. Uh, they also got in a very aged striker it's a very he's a very proven striker but a very aged striker in Aiden Dzeko was come on the end of his time as a as a as a professional footballer is a very fine player by the way but he's come down to the end of it you know he's had a good career in Germany and Man City and then now at Inter you know even at Roma he played really really well uh 
but it's come to the end ultimately they had they had the defense was really good, even at this season with Bastoni, De Vrij, and Skrinia, and the goalkeeper Samir Andanovic. He's a bit erratic. You can obviously have that. He's always been that uh, at Inter, you know. So I think there's nothing to talk about there. But yeah, obviously Brozovic and Varela, two brilliant players. They also lost Eriksson, by the way, and they had to bring in Chalanoglu from uh, Milan, the opposite from from the opposite party. And I think they did well this season. It's very limited, but they did well. They took advantage. They took good advantage of the slip from uh, Napoli in the latter stages of the Serie A season. They took a very good advantage of uh, Juventus' uh, struggles in Serie A, and they were in the, uh, un- in the the capacity to to be very very good in, in domestically and even in Europe. They played really well. They were in the same group as of as with Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Sheriff Tiraspol. They uh, uh, they had a very good group campaign. They were beaten in both the games, home and away, uh, against Real Madrid. Uh, but in the end, they got through. They had to play Liverpool. They played really well against Liverpool. In the uh, uh, in, in in the end, they just couldn't just couldn't handle on to it. Uh, but they have got some good players right now. They, oh, by the way, they also signed Denzel Dumfries from uh, from from the Eredivisie. It's a very good signing as well. But now we have to talk about the the players who are going to go out of the club. Maybe Aiden Jack is going to go. They probably are going to leave out. Uh, the, I mean, Samir Andanovic is going to sign a contract extension, but he's not going to play next season. They are going to part ways with two Chileans that they have in the club. That is Arturo Vidal and. Alexis Sanchez, two very decorated players of the era. Of the era, I mean, obviously Arturo Vidal and Czech and and uh, Sanchez have been really good players around their time. For, for Vidal, he's been really good with the Juventus, then with Bayern and Barcelona. As well. Barcelona is a bit underwhelming, but Juventus, he was very very good. And even at Bayern, uh, for one or two years that he stayed there, he was. Pretty, pretty good. He's won Serie A, he's won La Liga, he's won the Bundesliga. So, what else can you have from a career like that? He's not won the Champions League yet. He can give you that, but he's he's, he's done good with Alexis Sanchez as well. With uh, the bringing up Edu Dinese, he was really good in these in, in in those previous years when he used to play in Serie A. Really liked to watch him with Udinese, and then he went to Barcelona. That was very, very good, and then he made that switch to Arsenal where. He was kind of the poster boy for some time at Arsene Wenger, and then uh, it all came downhill for him when he joined Manchester United. Very, he just jumped into a hellhole of a club. So yeah, it's been really good for him as well. I have to give it to him. He's been a really good pro as well in his time at uh, uh, at at Inter. Scored some goals. Being fair to him, you know, life uh, is like that. You know, they don't have the World Cup, so it doesn't make any sense for both of them to stay in Europe. Uh, maybe they'll go back to Chile. Uh, Vidal is uh, trying to make up a decision whether he wants to join Flamengo in Brazil or he wants to join uh, a, cu- a club in Santiago in Chile. So you know, all the best to him and also to Alexis Sanchez. I don't have much information on what Sanchez is going to do on his future, but we'll see what happens with him. And it's, he's, he's both have had a very very good career. Uh, we'll have to see what they what, what's in store for their future. So for Inter, I I'll have to say you know they, they were very very good and just like Liverpool, they're the, one of the best runners up for a season that we can ever imagine. A very very good season that for Serie A, big success for Italian football. So Kylian Mbappe has made his decision and he's going to stay at Paris Saint Germain. And uh, well, if you would have been 
listening to this podcast, you would know that I am one of those minor in one of those minorities who didn't like the decision of Kylian Mbappe signing at Real Madrid because I thought that it would be a hindrance in the way of strengthening the squad for Real Madrid. But yeah, you know, uh, Kylian Mbappe uh, re-signing for Paris or extending his contract with Paris Saint-Germain has uh, opened up new alleys for discussion for me and for a lot of people around in the uh, in in the world. I think uh, for uh, for Kylian Mbappe, uh, there were just one there was just one club, and yeah, he's actually making up things while he's talking about Liverpool because I don't think Liverpool would have gone for him. Yeah, he I, I think he. It would have been a bigger fit for Liverpool to uh, sign uh, Kylian Mbappe whilst uh, Manchester City went for Erling Haaland. But uh, it, it wasn't going to happen. You know, he just, uh, yeah, he's signed, he's talked with Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp and all those kind of things. I don't believe it. Uh, but yeah, you know, he's not signing for Real Madrid. Real Madrid have got some problems now. They will have to go all in on some players. Maybe Serge Gnabry will have got that old a big theory about it, but we'll we'll talk about it as well. But um, yeah, Kylian Mbappe, he's going to stay at PSG until twenty twenty five. I don't think he wanted to leave PSG on a free because they paid one hundred and eighty million. So he was wanting to leave for Real Madrid last season. This season is a bit different because, uh, yeah, he's got, he's got the World Cup coming in. I think the Qataris want him to be the, uh, the the face of the World Cup by staying at Paris Saint-Germain. And fair enough, they're, it, it's, it's good for them. If you talk about PSG, you know, he's talking about the sporting project. What, what, what sporting project? I don't think he's going to stay, going to have Maurizio Pochettino for another season. I don't think that's something that you should be doing. I will talk about the managers as well, but they've sacked Leonardo, who's a sporting director, who's someone who talks a lot in the uh, in the press conferences, who talks a lot to the people in the press uh, on, on, on regular occasions, just as Nasser Al-Khalifi. Uh, I think, you know, you have to say that uh, Paris Saint-Germain... Uh, trending into a direction of destruction. I, I don't think this is going to be a right see. And again, you know, if, if you want... and I, I don't believe Mbappe for one second that he was... He decided before, you know, that he wanted to stay at PSG. You know, he made a decision. And if it's not about money, you know, he would have made a decision before, beforehand, before... PSG were raising the rough. If it's not... If it's for money, you know... If, if it's not for money, you say, you know what... I'm happy with this offer. I'm happy with Real Madrid's offer. We'll decide where we're going to go. It's not about money. If it it, it is about money, I, I, and I know that. I mean, he's a, he's going to earn fifty million, approximately fifty million net a year. It's the bonuses on winning the Champions League, on winning the Ballon d'Or, and winning the uh, the Liga as well. I don't know what that is for. I mean, with Liga, you're going to get a bonus. I mean, come on. Um, the bonuses for I mean, they're, they're signing on bonus. There's a lot of bonuses. It's gonna and a lot of money. He's gonna earn around short of uh, half a billion, and that's an awful lot of money. And and I don't think that Real Madrid would have offered that that amount of money. Yeah, it was a hundred million signing bonus. It's three times less the money that Paris Saint Germain were offering. But and I I I don't know. I mean. It looks about money, and I've got no problem with it. You know, if 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 a, if a person wants 
himself if if a person thinks that money is important for him it's it's his own decision i don't think that that the money should that sh- someone should be criticizing anyone for for the for the need of money that he has i mean everyone has their own aspirations about the future and i think Kylian mbappe has made a decision he's going to stay there and at, at psg and get the money in that that he wants you know maybe fair enough for him uh, but if you talk about it, you know, I don't think the sporting project is anywhere near to as close as being competitive in the Champions League. I think he's sucked everything that he can can actually from the football club. I mean, he's won the uh, Ligue 1 with Monaco, which is a big thing, the winning Ligue 1 in, uh, in Paris. I think that's a big thing for him. Um, I think he's done a lot of things, good things at Paris Saint-Germain. He's won loads of titles for for, for for PSG apart from the Champions League and that, I think that's enough for him if, if you think about in in a very sane way you should think that Paris Saint-Germain have uh, have failed in the, in the in the Champions League project just as Juventus failed in the Ronaldo project when they brought him to win the Champions League and it was kind of tailing towards the twilight of, his, twilight of his career with PSG it was a bit different with they signed Neymar in his prime they signed uh Guys like Mbappe, pretty much, you know, they had some very good players. They signed good players as well, you know. Uh, they had Di Maria with them, you know, for some time. They had also had Cavani, who was banging in goals for fun in Paris Saint-Germain. So, yeah, I, w- I would say they did, did, did their part in that regard. But, you know, it wasn't good enough to win the Champions League. And they crashed out. They, cra- they keep on crashing out. I think the best chance that they had was the final against Bayern Munich, a one-off game. But Bayern Munich were like a machine in the entire time they won it you know even the semi-finals where they were beaten by Man City was a big close they dropped it out they just bottled it in the end with uh, in, in that first leg at the Parc des Princes where they lost it two goal, by two goals to one um, I think that's that's the reason why I think he's done he's done a lot I mean yeah it's it's not bad for him to stay at PSG and wait for something good to happen I mean he would be the captain next season he would be the guy who, if if they won, the, if they win the Champions League, with the greatest player ever to play the game for Paris Saint Germain, he would be the best captain ever that they had. I don't think that's the, that's the, that that's the way they should it should be. But yeah, it is the way, and it's happened. I mean, he's not a leader in my view. He's not someone who's gonna be sticking out points for youngsters around there. He's not that kind of a guy. He's not a guider. He's not someone who'll give you guidance. He's not someone who get yourself up when you're down and I think that's the same reason why I don't think that he should be uh, given so much importance I think he's a very good player he's a damn good player and he deserves a bit of a treatment that a lot of players deserve around in the world football and I think that's and, that, and that's fair enough uh, well with Mbappe um, well they're suggesting that they're going to I mean, the sack Leonardo as soon as hours, just one or two hours later, they announced that Kylian Mbappe was going to sign him. I think it's ridiculous that you give Mbappe the keys to the keys to the toy house because it's just going to get bad. It's 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 really going to get bad, and and it's going to get bad, and it's going to get worse in times to come. I think Mbappe is not qualified to make decisions for the club. He's not qualified to make decisions for for the club in the place of people who should be making it. I think he's asking for Zidane and Zidane said no because obviously he's a 
kid born in Marseille, and he, it it would be treacherous for him to say that you know it it, it would be like you ask Maldini to join Inter and manage Inter. I mean that would have been ridiculous, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's just like that. I mean, so I I think you have to say for Real Madrid for for for, for Kylian Mbappe. You stay away from these things, you know. He's and obviously, and I've said this many times. He strikes to me as a as as a spoiled kid, and his mum makes decisions for everything. And yeah, he's, he's a kid, still is a kid, but his mum makes decisions for everything here and there and there. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but he he seems to me like a spoiled brat. You look at the news that were coming up uh, in the. Uh, in, in the press conferences from the French national team before the Euros and all the bad drama that was coming on in and everyone just jumped on Mbappe and he said, you know, you know what, I just want to be loved a bit. No, if, you, if you've been criticised, you're going to get... I think his mentality is a big factor. If you if you ask me who would have I liked to play for Real Madrid, Erling Haaland or Kylian Mbappe, I would have chosen Erling Haaland anyways. I think Kylian Mbappe is a better player, all around a better player. I think Erling Haaland would get more goals than Mbappe uh, when both their careers end. Which is going to be around 15, 15, 12, 15 years later, uh, but you know, we'll have to see. Yeah, and I, th- I think Mbappe has not got that, got, got that sort of mentality. He's, I think he's a matured kid. If you if you look at the press conference that he gave yesterday, yeah, he talked like a mature kid. Uh, but I have to say, you know, Mbappe at this age. Play for Paris Saint Germain, I think it's a better thing. You know, for, for Paris Saint Germain, you better get in Paul Pogba, you get in Dembele. I mean, it would be so so traumatic. I mean, they they're going to sign Pogba. They they're offering Pogba a better deal than he's getting at Juventus. He's been stuck between to choose between Juventus or between uh, Paris Saint Germain. I think the Manchester United door has been closed, and it's been a treacherous ride back to United from Juventus. So he's going to look at Juventus, or he's going to look at. Uh, uh, at, at Paris Saint Germain, if he gets to Paris Saint Germain, well and good. They're going some with it. They're trying to go for Usman uh, Dembele as well, another free agent. I mean, if you look at it, you've got players like Donnarumma, who's not really been good. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he's he's a good player, but he's making headlines for the press where he's not happy with Keller and Navas being there as well. Have you got Donnarumma? You've got players like Kim Pembe, who's not good with his attitude. I've always said that. You've got Paredes, he's a good player on the ball, he's a good technical player, but he's not good with his attitude. You've got Neymar, who's one of the most spoiled players around there. He's kind of a showboater, he's a kind of a diva around there. So is Mbappe. I don't know what's going to happen with Mauro Icardi. I mean, it's he's it's it's kind of drinking. It's kind of like drinking from a pot and chalice when you have Mauro Icardi in your team. And obviously he comes up with this package, you know, his wife. So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, uh, Icardi missing someone. Yeah, Sergio Ramos is one egoistic player, but he's a leader. I don't think Ramos uh, is is going to be a problem anyways. Uh, you've got... Yeah, you've got those players around, maybe. Yeah, it's it's... <laughs> it's it's going to be a big hell. If you add players like Pogba, he's not going to add add around defensively. He's not going to work hard for you. Yeah, good with you. Uh, and yeah, Dembele. I mean, watch out for a hospital around there. If he's got good people around there, he likes to spend a lot of time in the hospitals. So yeah, Dembele as well. Uh, but talking about the coaches, I, mean, I, don't, I don't see Mauricio Pochettino staying at Paris Saint-Germain next season. He's probably going to be sacked. 
the leading candidate for the job is uh, the leading candidate for the job is obviously Antonio Conte, who's managing Spurs at the moment. He's in there. Conte is going to be the right choice for uh, for, for for the Tottenham because I think uh, once they have now Champions League in their in in their sides, uh, not Champions League trophy but Champions League football in their sides, they might go for another another manager. You know, uh, I I think. Uh, they might just go for someone like Ruben Amorim or someone else, but yeah, the the best option right now for PSG is uh, is is Antonio Conte, and I think yeah, people say that Antonio Conte is not good in 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 European competition. Yeah, I get that, but these players aren't good enough to actually uh, to 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 actually have themselves a Champions League trophy. I mean, they I I don't know, but. They're not. They're not really drilled in to be good players. They're not really drilled in to be working hard and everything. And I think Antonio Conte can just. Uh, uh, he, he can just instill that amount of hard work inside them. The other option is Thiago Motta, who's a former Paris Saint Germain players. He was. He also has uh, coached the under nineteen side before. Uh, he's. Uh, He's he's linked to big jobs right now. He did really well with Spezia this season in the Serie B. He's been linked to a big club in Serie A as well. You know, maybe Gasparini leaves the leaves the season. I mean, they have got no European football. Maybe maybe Thiago Motta comes in and replaces him. Maybe some other club. I don't know. Juventus. I don't think he, they're going to part ways with Max Allegri just yet. Uh, yeah, you know, Thiago Motta is a very good manager, but will he be the guy to? To, to manage them, I, I don't know. Joachim Lowe is someone who's a proven guy. He's won a World Cup and everything. I mean, he's been in... He's 60 years old now. I don't know he's going to work with Paris Saint-Germain and all those egoistic players. But he's he's a very good player. He likes leaders in his team. And I think he will be a better player. He'll be a better guy. He managed the Turkish side before uh, being into this German national team job. I don't think how how this is going to work. The fourth option for me is the best option right now. It is Ruben Amorim, but I think it's been it's going to be a big jump from Sporting Lisbon to uh, to uh, I mean, it's it's going to be a big jump from Sporting Lisbon to Paris Saint-Germain. I, I really do think so. Uh, I mean obviously both those managers, Ruben Amorim and Sergio Conceição, I do think these two are really really good. I mean especially Ruben Amorim, I think he's got a good sense of working with what you have at the st- at at the time, and that's what he's done with Sporting. I think he's done a really good job with Sporting Lisbon over the two years. He's done really, really well this season. You no, know, they've just been beaten by a very, very well drilled uh, Porto side under the tutelage of uh, Sergio Conceição. Sergio Conceição, on the other hand, I think he's very close to becoming the next manager of the Portuguese national team after uh, after. Fernando Santos vacates his seat after this World Cup, uh, but if he gets a club like Paris Saint-Germain, why not? Uh, both Amorim and Sergio Conceição, I think, are very, very good managers, but I don't think it's a good fit to play at Paris Saint-Germain. If you ask me, then I would say that Ruben Amorim would have been a very good fit at Barcelona. I, I really do think so. Uh, maybe Atletico Madrid as well, but Atletico Madrid have just confirmed that, uh, just not just confirmed last week that. They're not going to part ways with Diego Simeone, so uh, 
yeah, good with them. Uh, good for them. Uh, by the way, you also have uh, other managers as well. You know, uh, I, I I don't know if there is someone else, but um, I, I I believe you know Paris Saint Germain are really digging this hole for themselves. They don't want Mbappe to get all these powers and. After a year or two, it's it's all gonna circle back. As for Real Madrid, by the way, uh, they will go on for someone someone else in the transfer window. They've been heavily linked with the transfer of Rafael Leal from Milan after after his heroics this season. He's been really really good with the Milan side. Uh, they're linked to uh, guys like uh, Serge Gnabry, who's had, who has a number seven right now. Lewandowski leaving, Gnabry leaving. They have got a place for for a proven goal scorer at Bayern. Maybe Ronaldo because he's not got Champions League football this season. Moves on to Bayern Munich. It's just speculative. I'm not really gonna draw lines there, but it's speculative right now, and maybe it happens, maybe it does not. Uh, but uh, yeah. By the way, you know, I watched that game between. I didn't watch uh, Crystal Palace versus Manchester United because it was a bad, bad game for Manchester United. Eric Ten Hag really. Would have got the taste of what it's gonna be at uh, at Old Trafford next season. So yeah, all the best to him. By the way, if not Serge Gnabry, if not uh, Rafael, I also have got another name in my sights, and that is Nicolo Zaniolo from Roma. He's he's such a good player to watch. You know, fantastic guys played really well with uh, Tammy Abraham up front uh, in a front two. As uh, Roma have been really good, they have got the Conference League to come. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think uh, with uh, with with uh, with Zaniolo, you get a lot of assurance. He's very raw, and I think he could do better with someone who understands him well, like Carlo Ancelotti. I don't think Rodrigo is just yet good enough to start for Real Madrid. Uh, but, yeah, he can make some exceptions. Maybe Asensio comes back in really good form next season. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to know what the, uh, what the things are. But I will go for Zaniolo if I'm, if I'm Florentino Perez, and we'll see what happens then. They're also going for Chouameni, so all the best to Real Madrid, all the best to uh, Kylian Mbappe and PSG. I would like to see Mbappe, I, I like to see Mbappe stay. Now please get in Pogba, please get in Dembele and you would have a load of stories coming up for you next, uh, when the season starts up. You know, it's going to be a real, real magic when we see Kylian Mbappe, PSG and all those lining up stars around there. All the best to them, all the best to Paris Saint-Germain. So the season has ended and we are up to decide my team of the season so far. I mean, we have still got two games to go. It's the Conference League final between uh, Feyenoord and uh, Roma. And I'm going to predict a Roma victory, a victory for Jose Mourinho. 2-0 on the night. Uh, goals from Tammy Abraham, maybe from Pellegrini or Vera too, or anyone else. I don't I don't think, even from Cristante, I wouldn't really be surprised. Uh Second game is the Champions League final between Liverpool and Real Madrid. Where I think where Liverpool will win the game, just because of sheer quality across the pitch. I think I would love to see Real Madrid winning the 14th title this time around. But yeah, I would. I mean, wisdom says that yeah, Liverpool will win it three goals to one in the Champions League final. I think Mo Salah will score. So will Luis Diaz and another goal for and and a goal for. Virgil van Dijk. I'm just going for a wild card and a goal from Real Madrid to Luka Modric. Just a, just a very wild prediction there. But yeah, three bonds to Liverpool and they win the treble. Uh, by the way, my team of the season uh, as a goalkeeper, I've got some candidates for me. Thibaut Courtois, uh, 
Alisson Becker, Edison's been good as well, three. Uh, and uh, I'm going with Edouard Mendy and also with Mike Mannion. So five candidates for me. These five have been really good for me this season. Uh, a shout out to Jose Sa as well from Wolves. He's been really good, best goalkeeper for me in the Premier League. But throughout the season, I'm going for Alisson Becker. He's been fantastic for, uh, for, for Liverpool this season. Been really good. Seen a lot of good things from him this season. Um, yeah, you know, it's an all-round very good goalkeeper. Close competition with Thibaut Courtois, but I think he's a bit good on all fronts. I think Courtois is really, really good, but Alisson's got a lot of package inside him, and he's done really good for a lot of seasons now for Liverpool. So yeah, Alisson Becker as my goalkeeper at right back. I'm going. I have got another some candidates here as well. I'm, I've Kyle Walker. I've got Ashraf Hakimi from Paris Saint-Germain. One of the bright spots for PSG this season. Uh, I've got Trent Alexander-Arnold as well. So yeah, these three are my right, my candidates for right back uh, this season. And I'm going with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, Kyle Walker was very very close to making it for me. But yeah, Trent Alexander-Arnold wins it for me as my right back. As my two centre backs, I'm going for. Antonio Rudiger and Virgil van Dijk. Another really good season for van Dijk and he's been so consistent. He's been the best defenders. He didn't have the best starts for the season, but he's picked up and he's been really good for Liverpool. Again, just the quality that does not surprise us. Antonio Rudiger, the best player for Chelsea for me this season. You know, been really good. He's signing for Real Madrid on the free transfer. What a bargain that is. Yeah, it's not a free transfer, obviously, but yeah, you, it's... On, in, <sighs> In theoretical terms, yeah, it is a free transfer. So, yeah, Rudiger and Van Dijk as my two centre-backs. And another, uh, I'll have to give it to some players who have been really good as uh, centre-backs this season. Uh, you had players like, uh, you have to say, uh, players like Tomori had a big shout in, in, in this uh, in, in, in say. You had, I also had players like... Uh, Joško Guardiol from RB Leipzig, uh, Nico Schlotterbeck from R uh, from SC Freiburg as well, two good Bundesliga players. Ruben Diaz had a very good season as well, again uh, for for Manchester City. He was a bit injured in the later stages of the season, but he's 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 been really good for Manchester City this season and deserves to have a shout. But you know Van Dijk and even Joel Matip, by the way, he's had a fantastic season at Liverpool. He's been really consistent in the Premier League and whenever he's played in the Champions League or in the FA Cup, uh, Carabao Cup, everywhere. He's been really, really good. He's been good enough uh, to have a shout in my team. Even Pepe from Porto has been fantastic. He's not played that amount of games, but whenever he's played for Porto, he's been really good. Even in the Champions League, is good. Even in the Europa League, is good. And yeah, he deserves to have a shout for, for me. Uh, going forward in the left back position. And I've given it to Teo Hernandez. He's been really good this season. Uh, again, shout-out to Robertson. Shout-out to Joao Cancelo. Even Nuno Mendes had a very good season this time at uh, Paris Saint-Germain. One of the best signings for PSG this season. Alongside Hakimi as well. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been really good. Teo Hernandez probably... Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not Teo Hernandez, by the way. I'm going for Joao Cancelo. That's a very good season for him as uh, the left-back of uh, Manchester City. Played really well. Robertson very close. So was uh, Theo Hernandez and uh, uh, who was the next one? Theo Hernandez and uh, Nuno Mendes as well. A uh, very good season for him, by the way. Played extremely well. But that makes my back four of Cancelo, Rudiger, Van Dijk, and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold very very vulnerable on the wings. Am I? Uh, as my defensive midfielder, I'm going for 
Marcelo Brozovic from Inter. He had a tremendous season at Inter, the best midfielder from Serie A this season, uh, over the likes of uh, Locatelli, who had a lot of ex- expectations from, uh, from the likes of uh, Tonali and even guys from uh, the other side of the pitch. I think they the, the played really well. I think Brozovic, one of the best players around in Italy this season, is in, he's extended his contract with Inter, and it's a big big thing for him. It's a big year for him with the Croatian national team as well. He's really put in play for them. So we'll have to see what happens with uh, Brozovic. But this season, he's been really, really good. They have finished second, but he's won a lot of hearts for me. Uh, as my two midfielders are alongside him, uh, I'm not going for Kevin De uh, By the way, shout out to Fabinho, shout out to Rodri uh, as well. You know, really good seasons for both these two at Liverpool. And then also shout out to Casemiro, who played extremely well for Real Madrid. Um, even someone like a Geoffrey Kondogbia, who played extremely well in the last stages of the season at uh, at Atletico Madrid, and uh, you have to say, yeah, Joshua Kimmich as well for Bayern Munich, played extremely well. Uh, some very good defensive midfielders there. Uh, by the way, as my two midfielders alongside Marcelo Brozovic are Luka Modric and Bernardo Silva from Manchester City, two brilliant seasons for these two players. I mean. Luka Modric has just turning the years down for me. You know he's he's been extremely important for Real Madrid's success this season in the Champions League and in La Liga. Played some really big games and played on the level that you don't expect a thirty-six year old to play. You know against Paris Saint Germain that game against Atletico Madrid in the in the Bernabeu even that ridiculous the freakish pass uh, for Rodrigo's goal. At the Bernabeu, so much to say about Luka Modric. And as for Bernardo Silva, he's been the best player for me at Manchester City, hands down. I mean, we'll talk about Rodri, talk about uh, the likes of Foden and De Bruyne, all those guys who do the fancy work. But he's been the guy for me and probably he's been the best player for Manchester City this season. Uh, Shout out to Jude Bellingham as well from Borussia Dortmund. In a very good season for him. Shout out to... uh, Nico Barella, shout out to Sandra Tonali as well. In a very, very good seasons for all these two that all, all these guys, you know, fantastic seasons. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne as well, not to forget him. You know, another good season. Mason Mount as well, the best player in uh, the Chelsea side alongside Rudiger. And even now for Edouard Mendy, he had a very good season at Chelsea. So some good players around and missing out. I mean, Koretska would have been in this uh, in the situation if he would have played because he never seems to have a dull game. Uh, Berati had a very good season, very much injury-free for a long time. Uh, um, so, yeah, you know, all these guys get a shout-out from me. Uh, but I'll go with a midfield free of Brozovic, Modric and uh, Bernardo Silva. Two Croatian players there, by the way. Uh, up top, as a number nine, I do think there's just one guy who takes it. I mean... Vlahovic had a very good season at Juventus. Uh, I think uh, you also have to say that uh, Robert Lewandowski, again, tremendous season. He's not really slowing down, is he? Uh, But I think it has to go to Karim Benzema, no doubt about it. Benzema, hands down, the best player around in the the world right now offensively for me, and he takes that number nine role. On the other two sides, uh, I'm a bit split. I've got... A competition of two for two places between three players: Mo Salah, Christopher Nkunku, and Kylian Mbappe. I mean, if you look at the numbers, you'll have to say that you you have to say Mo Salah the best player in the Premier League, Christopher Nkunku the best player in the Bundesliga, and uh, Kylian Mbappe the best player in 
in, in, in Liga. For me, I think Christopher Nkunku takes one spot and it's going to be wherever. I mean, Christopher Nkunku is one player who plays for me in this in, in this eleven, And I'm going to uh, choose between Kylian Mbappe and Mohamed Salah. If you look at the... Uh, the numbers of uh, Mohamed Salah this season. He's got 23 goals in the Premier League. He's got 13 assists to join it as well. He's got 8 in the Champions League with 2 assists. So that is uh, with 31 goals in 31 goals and 15 assists uh, for Mohamed Salah. He's, he didn't get much goals in the uh, in the FA Cup and in the League Cup as well. Obviously none in the FA Cup and the League Cup. No assists, no goals. Uh, so nothing to talk about there. As for Kylian Mbappe, he had 28 goals this season in the in Ligue 1 and 17 assists. And the Champions League had 6 goals and 4 assists. So that makes it, uh, so that makes it 34 goals and 21 assists. Not bad either. Um... I, I don't know why I'm going to go for it. I mean, 31 goals both. I, I'm going for Mo Salah. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry for Kylian Mbappe, but I'm going for Mo Salah. That makes it my front three. By the way, shout out to Vinicius Junior, who had a fantastic season. Uh, shout out to Patrick Schick as well, one of the best players around in the Bundesliga this season for me. Uh, shout out to Rafael Leao, the player of the season in the Bundesliga. Uh, no, uh, yeah, you know, obviously got some very good players around there uh phil foden as well we had a good season and even riyad Mahrez. a shout out to those two as well but i'm going for Nkunku and salah as my two players uh killing Mbappe has been more consistent for me but salah just taken this take taking the season by a storm so that's my front three for the season in kunku mbappe and benzema and let's get through my uh uh, team for one second. Allison from Liverpool in goal. They've got Trent from uh, Liverpool at right back. Van Dijk from Liverpool as centre back. Chelsea's Rudiger as his partner. And you've got Joao Cancelo from Man City at left back at uh, central midfield. You've got uh, Brozovic holding the play from Inter. On the right, you've got Bernardo Silva from Man City. On the left, you've got uh, Luka Modric from Real Madrid. Uh, at right in the uh, Front three, you've got Mo Salah from Liverpool. In the front, you've got uh, Karim Benzema from Real Madrid. And on the right, you've got Christopher Nkunku. That's my team. By the way, Nkunku from RB Leipzig, uh, with all due respect. Uh, that's my team for, of the season uh, in the uh, in, in the end. Uh, so we'll meet after the Champions League final. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up later. Until then, cheerio.